Has Kyler Murray shown enough in 2023 to lock in his future QB1 status in perpetuity? Let's discuss. You are Locked On Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Cardinals Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Cardinals is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account. Use code Locked On NFL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So here's the thing I feel like I'm going to have to talk about this four times a week. Four segments out of the 15 that I do on the status of Kyler Murray as QB1 for the future. And a lot of this may have already been decided one way or the other. Like, there's some questions in the – so let me let me just break down all of the questions that are consistently going through my head as I try to formulate what the hell is going on with Kyler Murray for the future. So these are the ones that I wrote down in the, in the description – of, of the summary of, of today's show. These are the questions that I wrote down. I'm just doing this uh, in real time here. Is Kyler Murray already the QB1 for the future? Is he already not the QB1 for the future? Does the rest of the 2023 season matter to determine if, if Murray is QB1 for the future? If he is or isn't already QB1 for the future, why play him the remainder of the season? Do they need to play him the remaining games to determine if he's QB1 for the future. Do they need to play him the remainder of the season to show him off to prospective trade partners? Those are all the things that go through my head pretty much in unison as we try to have these conversations. Now, you can you can dust away a couple of them. I don't think they're showing him off for prospective trade partners. I think people know who Kyler Murray is at this point. They know he's coming off an injury. They know this is a bad team, and they know this is a lost season in the win-loss department. They know who he is. Okay, so I think you can remove that one. The one that really gets me, and I still think that Kyler Murray's QB1, has she shown enough? Has he shown enough? I'm going to discuss that um, a little bit more in depth here. Uh, second segment, I'll talk about just rookies. You know, overall, through week 15, what have we seen? Good, bad, indifferent, what have we seen? And then Tankathon Wednesday, took yesterday off, uh, personal day. Um, I'll do the Tankathon and it's, Case Keenum, that son of a gun. The Cardinals missed out on a golden opportunity for the Houston Texans to lose last week to Tennessee. In overtime, Case Keenum comes back, the aforementioned son of a gun, and gets a dub with C.J. Stroud not playing. C.J. Stroud's not playing again this week. Maybe the Cardinals' fortunes will be a little bit luckier. Uh, I'll discuss that. Tankathon wins. If you haven't experienced the Tankathon segment, uh, it's not what you think. Um, it's just a... An overview of possibilities with surrounding teams for the Cardinals, both both their first-round draft picks in 2024 and situations that could come up, especially with the Cardinals' opponent this week in the Chicago Bears uh, that I will start to dive into tomorrow with Lauren Cox on Crossover Thursday, uh, one of my one of my true buddies here in, in our on our platform, and I'm excited to chop it up with him tomorrow. Has Kyler Murray shown enough? Okay, let's put that on pause for just a couple minutes here. The one that thwarts my brain 
The question that nobody knows, aside from the people inside the walls of State Farm Stadium and inside the GM office, is do they already know if he is the guy or isn't the guy? Like, have they has that decision already been made? And I don't know if that's something that we would know. I don't know if this is gamesmanship. The, the gamesmanship part is kind of a source subject for media members and fans like you with the Cardinals because Steve Kahn was such a terrible smoke screener that it was more idiocy and, and you know, insanity than actual cohesive and competent game, you know, mis- uh, management. It was dumb. Like, they're notorious for spreading false rumors to, to radio hosts in Phoenix, one in particular, to kind of keep keep the public guessing. It's like, why? Who cares? You're not that important. So when you bring Monty Osborne and Jonathan Gannon in, they're much more intentional. It's a lot more fat-trimmed on, like, what they do on a day-to-day. And they're much more just directional on where they see this organization going. As opposed to, oh, I'm going to pick whoever I want on draft day, which is what we experienced with Steve Kahn, regardless of need and any sort of rational thought. Do they know already if he's the guy or not? That's the question that proverbially keeps me up at night. Because then that begs the question, why is he playing? <coughs> that begs that question. Well, he needs to get reps in the new offense. No, he doesn't. Well, get wins. Yeah, sure. You always, and I'm I'm a pro-win podcast. Go win, no tank, whatever. Like, and I, I and I've said that all year. I hope the Cardinals win as many games as possible this year. You'd much rather have a QB one than a high draft pick. With that, this late in the season, if you know he's QB one for the future, you don't need to play. And I know that that's, oh, well, you know, he's healthy. He should play. He's getting paid millions of dollars. Yes, I understand all of that. And no, this wouldn't be the first time that a healthy player sat at the end of a year. If they know that he isn't the guy, why is he playing? If he gets injured again, you can't trade him. So that's why, romantically speaking, you know, romanticizing the situation, I think it's still up in the air. You want to see as much as you can, one way or the other. And I'm still in the camp that he is the guy, hasn't played great this year, but one of the things, he has seven touchdowns in five games. He's averaging five and a half yards a carry on almost 30 carries through five weeks. Okay, seven touchdowns. You know what bad quarterback play there is? It's not just about what Kyler Murray is or isn't doing. It's what everybody else has and deals with every week from the quarterback position. And the Cardinals are much more favorable than a lot of Kyler Murray haters in Phoenix would like to think. It's very ignorance is blissy. Go look around the rest of the NFL. Kyler Murray is still a top 15 quarterback. Wouldn't you rather have a top 15 quarterback? And his contract, oh, he makes so much money. Okay. Look at the contracts for quarterback. Do do some research before just saying, oh, he's making, you know, $180 million with the, with, with the injury insurance on top of that. <clears throat> do 
do some research. He's maybe the eighth or ninth richest contract for quarterbacks now. And that was what, a year? It's only going to get more and more affordable for Kyler Murray. The, the cap hit's going to suck next year. That's going to get better. That's when restructures come into play. That's when converting things to a signing bonus and adding a dummy year comes into play. But has he shown enough this year so far to prove that he is the QB1 for the future? Sorry to let you down. TBD. To be determined for those non-acronym lovers. Yeah. If, if I had to say yes or no, I would say yes just for the sheer reason that we've seen greatness from him. He's coming off injury. This is a bad team. These are bad receivers who can't get any separation. The offensive line isn't giving him any time. These aren't excuses. These are reasons. It's not even a devil you know situation. It's not that. Kyler Murray has been solid for this organization. One thing before I pivot to, to the rookies in the next segment. This is one thing that needs to be taken away. The Cardinals are two and three. Okay, they lost to the best team in football last week. Kyler threw two bad balls, like bad balls. One was housed. They beat Pittsburgh on the road. They should have beat Houston. This is the thing. This is the big takeaway here about Kyler Murray. He doesn't have to, to just stuff the stat line for him to be a good quarterback. It doesn't have to be four total touchdowns and 280 all-purpose yards every game. It doesn't have to be that. If he turns out to be an elevated game manager with, oh, my God, potential, that's better than 60% of the league. And you take that. Lockdown Cardinals, your team every day. Rookie update through 15 weeks. Let's discuss that. Next. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by our friends at, wait for it, wait for it, bink, prize picks. Love prize picks. Um, I've never had more fun winning up to 25 times my cheese during the football season. It's wild. Basketball's here. You can do these cross-pollinated prize pick lines in the specials league. So, like, Put it this way. You can combo projections between the NBA and NFL. So like LeBron, Travis Kelsey, 10 and a half combo, three points made, and uh, and receptions. Piece of cake. All you do is pick more or less in the projected stats. You're not playing against Sharks. You're not playing against other people. It's you against the projections. That's it. They uh, they have quack, quack, quick and fast withdrawals. You can use Apple Pay to deposit. Super easy, okay? Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Alex Nancy, Locked On Cardinals. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen. Please go to the YouTube channel, search Locked On Arizona Cardinals, hit that subscribe button. 
Uh, Locked On has launched its first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. The Kyler Murray conversation is fascinating. You know, it's becoming, you know, muddier a little bit. Um, people who don't think Kyler Murray is the guy will never not think that. People who are Kyler Murray truthers will never not think that he's the guy. Nailed it. Um, I don't think I'm in the middle here. I think I'm still with Kyler Murray. Um, it just it haunts me. I don't know if they know already. I don't know if it's benef- like I don't know if it's prudent for them or if it behooves them to know already with a couple of games to go one way or the other. What's the contingency plan? Just rip it and number 3 overall for a quarterback and trade Kyler Murray like what's the what's the alternative? I think people think the grass is greener when most of the time it isn't. Unless it's a Trey Lance situation or something like that. This ain't that it's been a Pro Bowler a couple times. Rookie of the year. He's going to play in the NFL for a long time. Why not with the Arizona Cardinals? He's still the best Arizona Cardinal quarterback homegrown that the Cardinals have ever had. So when you look at Kyler Murray, do a couple things. One, look around the rest of the league. Would you rather have Tommy DeVito, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, like, would you rather have these guys? Look around the NFL and you tell me that Kyler Murray isn't better than 16 other quarterbacks. If he is, that contract is a bargain. That's number one. Number two, with that, coupled with that, how many teams would be in Kyler Murray's DMs and Monty Osford's DMs offering two first-round picks? If you don't think Kyler Murray's going for two first-round picks, he's a quarterback. It doesn't matter what the contract is. It doesn't matter. It's a steal. It happened two years ago. It will at the, at the point of when he, they would trade him. Like, I don't get, I don't get people not understanding how important Kyler Murray is to this organization. Kyler Murray, the, the, Car, the Cardinals need Kyler Murray a lot more than the organization, than Kyler Murray needs the organization. Kyler Murray's won his entire life. The Cardinals have lost their entire life, their, their entirety. So having, this gall and bravado to say, no, start over. You know how many times this organization started over? Give me a break. What's up with the rookies? So unfortunately, the veterans haven't helped the rookies out very much. Zayvon Collins probably won't be an Arizona Cardinal next year. Haven't heard his name at all. The shift, to, the shift to outside linebacker ain't working. Cardinals don't have a second. Three games, ain't working. Cam Thomas, where is he? Doesn't play. MyJ Sanders, cut. Like, this is just, again, aftershocks of, of earthquake kind. Aftershocks. Ripple effects. So, Gary Williams is coming and played competent football as a rookie. Cool. Good. Ball hawking has stayed healthy uh, without Marco Wilson, 
without who's a CB one, who knows? Antonio Hamilton had a couple flat of you know splash plays against San Francisco. Hasn't played great. Uh, Starling Thomas, like these guys, shouldn't be starting corners in the league or not playing the volume of snaps that they are. Gary Williams has played fine. Paris Johnson Jr. He's shown that he's a rookie the last couple weeks, but look at look at the fronts that he's played against this year. Look at the fronts that he's played against this year. And it's something that, you know, when, when you look at his body of work this year, he's played damn well. And he'll make all, all rookie team, I would think. And, you know, he's been everything you wanted him to be with a sixth overall pick. And you pivot to BJ Ojolari, you know, he was hurt when the season started. Um, he showed flashes. It's, it's hard to be a young edge rusher in this league, especially when he's playing. It's kind of an amoeba-like position for him. You know, he's on the edge sometimes, hand the dirt sometimes. Like he's he's a guy that he's showing promise and he's not showing like he's lost. Like go back to, I know different positions, but Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins were lost their rookie season, completely lost. Too fast, couldn't get on the field. Some blame it on Vance Joseph for not playing them. I just don't think they were good enough. And Isaiah Simmons has been traded and Zayvon Collins, they may try to move him this offseason. So BJ Ojalari has shown flashes, which is good. Control Clark, I know he's a fan favorite because he played a lot early on in the season, got absolutely roasted majority of the time he was on the field. Uh, had some splash plays, um, especially in the preseason, played okay in the regular, and then he, you know, he was held to scratch for a while, dealt with some injuries. Um, you know, six-round pick, dart throw. We'll see what he does in year two. But, you know, Dante Stills was the late-round pick that everybody's like, oh, yeah. He needs help. He can't be leading the interior of the defensive line. He can't, but he is. So, I mean, th- this could all change very quickly. And then Michael Wilson showed great flashes and then, you know, wasn't healthy for a handful of weeks and played a bunch of snaps last week, played a bunch of snaps in San Francisco and had nothing to show for it. He played 88% of the snaps. Now, I know him and Kyler Murray haven't had a lot of reps together. The 49ers defense is good, but it wasn't wasn't great. Trey McBride was eating up all the targets. Um, so overall, and I know this is towards the end of the year, rookie walls happen, a lot of losses happen. So it's hard to pick out, you know, the the real positives like we were early in the season. I mean, Parrish Johnson Jr. played great. He was worthy of that sixth overall pick. Every day, as you've heard this, but I think it's important to just reiterate. And if this is your first listen, thank you. Um, I do appreciate it. Maybe make tomorrow your second listen. Crossover with that rascal Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears. With high draft picks, all you don't want to see is them being completely lost, which is something that we've grown accustomed to here in Arizona. Stars in the top 10 don't always show up right away. Sometimes they do, but they don't always pop right away. Consistency is key availability is key and not cratering on the field is key. And Parrish Johnson Jr. hasn't done anything. He's done all of those. Played every snap. He's played quite well against some of the best fronts in football. We're going up against Montez Sweat for the second time of the year this year, coming up on Sunday. And he's been exactly what the Cardinals have needed to show up the right side of the offensive line. Look at the left side. That's the difference. 
And if he wasn't competent enough to be playing right now, he wouldn't be. Kelvin Beecher would be starting on the right side like he has the last couple of years, like with Josh Jones when they draft him third-round pick out of Oklahoma. One ready. And he's now since been traded. So while it looks even better with Monty Osmond's first draft compared to the majority of Steve Kimes' drafts over the decade prior, in a vacuum, even if it wasn't that, even if the like I, I said this last week, even if the GM retired and it wasn't due to poor performance, you know, five years too long, this draft still would have been good and beneficial for the Cardinals. They picked up a future first, picked up a future third. They they have six picks in the top hundred next year and a whole bunch of cap space. This is when organizations change. And what Monty Osborne did in his first draft is nail the draft, one of the best in Cardinals history. That's saying a lot for what the Arizona Cardinals organization has been. It takes a couple years, a couple seasons, a couple off seasons to really change the trajectory of an organization with the right GM and head coach in place. And I think the Cardinals are very well on their way. Very much tied to that is where the hell they're going to be picking in 2024. Tankathon Wednesday is next here on Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by Bink, the Game Time app. Uh, Game Time app makes it super easy to buy tickets, man. It doesn't matter if it's sports, basketball, football. I mean, baseball is going to be here before you know it. Hockey, you can get comedy shows, uh, music, you know, concerts, whatever it is. One-stop shop. Makes it super easy. The Game Time app, you go there. They've got these flash sales, which is awesome. And you can buy tickets up until one hour past the start of the event at times, which is pretty badass. But the coolest part is when you open it up, you're like, oh, section 220, row eight. You click on it. It shows you the vantage point for your for the YouTube watchers. Look at my hand. I'm using my, my wrist action here to show that you can look at it and it'll show you a panoramic view of what you'll be seeing out of your eyeballs if you were to choose those seats. It's awesome. I mean, it's, it's an absolute game changer. There's no bait and switch with it. It's you can see exactly what you're going to be paying for before you buy it. It's awesome. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account. Use code Locked On NFL for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app, create an account. Use code Locked On NFL for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Get ready. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen. Follow me on Twitter to Clancy's Corner. Um, I'm going to do a uh, – I don't even have a cool name for it. Send me a DM on Twitter at Clancy's Corner and, and give me a topic that you want to discuss. I'm going to pick three of my favorites. I'll do it sometime next week after the Cardinals game, and um, we can have some fun with it. Anything you want to talk about. Anything, anything having to do with the Cardinals. <laughs> um, yeah, love to do it. At Clancy's Corner, please go to the YouTube channel, search Locked On Arizona Cardinals, hit that subscribe button, turn notifications on, leave uh, leave a comment. I love it. Here for you every day. So the Cardinals, let's start with the bad news. Um, oh, man. So here's <laughs> – the Cardinals are now picking 17th. Like, this is a bonkers year. Eight and six is right outside of the playoffs, which is wild. Like, the AFC is so deep. The Cardinals could still get lucky here, but seven and seven would have been a lot better. Case Keenum, um, 
rip that away from the Cardinals last week in their their overtime victory over Tennessee. So as of right now, the Cardinals are the the Cardinals pick 17th by way of Houston. And there is a three-way tie. There's a three-way tie in the AFC South. Jacksonville, Indy, and um and Houston. And you would think with CJ Stroud missing another week that this would be a loss, but who knows? Okay. But let me just this is what the Tangathon Tuesday is. So the teams behind Houston with seven wins, New Orleans, Denver, Seattle, Pittsburgh. Okay. At this point, I would assume you can just write off Pittsburgh from winning maybe any more games. So that's going to be a deterrent for the Cardinals. Seattle is a better team. Denver is a better team. New Orleans, they're just, this is what they do down the stretch. They win ugly. They win games. This is just what the New Orleans organization has done. So, if Houston would have lost last week, they would have been picking, you know, 14th or 15th. Now they're picking 17th, which goes to the Cardinals. So this is a massive week for the Cardinals. Um, and while, you know, you would have you would have hoped that the Cardinals would have had a uh, better go than CJ Stroud probably winning rookie of the year. Tank Dell and Nico Collins and Devin Singletary and that defense, like, this, this is not what was expected. Um, they could still pick. If they pick top 20, it's still a win. It's, it's a bargaining chip. Because from what we've seen through one draft, Monty Oxford has already made two first-round first round trades and still getting the guy that he wanted. Very rarely do you see a team move down from three to 12 and then move back up to six three minutes later. So in the in Monty, we trust kind of scenario here, having an extra first round pick, it doesn't matter where it is. Sure, you want it to be as high as possible. If it's 15, if it's 21, doesn't really matter. Anything outside the top 10 and before the bottom five or bottom six, it's all kind of the same, especially with the amount of needs that the Cardinals have. So, I mean, you could very well see the Cardinals trade back. If they target a guy that they can get five, six picks down, pick up a sec, extra second round pick this year, it's going to be very fluid on, on draft night, which I'm, I mean, I cannot wait. But as of now, they're sitting at 17. Um, and hopefully that they've got Cleveland coming into town and Cleveland's got everything to play for. So hopefully um, Cleveland can knock them off, move them to eight and seven and get them back in the, the lower teens as opposed to the higher teens. One thing, before I go to the Cardinals thing, one thing that I don't understand, and I don't think anybody does. I think people just pretend to. What does a higher draft pick mean? What does a lower draft pick mean? Shouldn't the higher draft pick mean a higher number and the lower draft pick mean a lower number when in fact it's the inverted definition? Riddle me that. So when I say the Houston Texans in the lower teens, technically that's 13, 14, 15 instead of 17, 18, 19. In the higher, I've gone cross-eyed. Explain that to me. I digress. The Cardinals at number three overall, uh, Carolina got a win. <laughs> Carolina got a dub, um, which just cool. 
They've got a couple games that they're probably not going to win, but they're not playing world beaters. They play Jacksonville. They play Tampa Bay. Um, one sec. They play, yeah, they play Tampa Bay the last game of the year. They play the Packers this week at home. They play uh, the Jaguars on the road, which is probably going to be, uh, yeah. And then they play the Buccaneers at home. They have two home games. Okay. I mean, crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. But <clears throat> the more important thing here with the Cardinals is they're locked in at number three. Washington has um, Washington has four wins, and the Cardinals play the five-win Bears on Sunday. The Commanders have the Jets on the road this week. Then they have 49ers and Cowboys the last two weeks. Ain't winning either of those two games. So they could beat the Jets on the road. Definitely. Um, That's going to be a gross game to witness, but they could win. Now that's the sneaky one because if the car, say the Cardinals beat Chicago on Sunday, that is kind of a scenario you don't want to be in because very quickly that can move them from three to four. Obviously. I mean, I know I'm not, not trying to, say things really dumb on this podcast, but, you know, move from three to four, which could get them out of the Marvin Harrison race, can get them out of everything. Like, this is the time of year where I've said all year, win as many games as possible because you want to make sure that the more games you win with Kyler Murray, the more solidifying that he's QB1, the more clearness or clarity there is for the future because there's no clarity. There's no clarity. It's a blur. It's opaque. It's not even translucent. My science teachers would be really happy with me that I use that in a podcast. So if the Cardinals win two out of the next three and just ruin their chances at a top three pick, that means Kyler Murray played really well. And that's a lot better than hoping for something else. Now, I know the Marvin Harrison junior truthers would not like that as much. You always want to win games. You just do. You just do. And the Cardinals have many more needs than the wide receiver right now. So that'll help my argument that they should go offensive lineman in the first round anyways. Oh, you can add it. You know, you can add players and in uh free agency. Yes. John one, nine, three, two, seven on Twitter or whatever it is. Yes. I, I do know that. Thank you. The Cardinals are in a very, very fragile ecosystem for the remaining couple games. And Chicago on Sunday is really the only winnable one left. I mean, they have Philly and they have Seattle. So, I mean, Philly's played terribly the last few weeks. Uh, Seattle's going to have everything to play for, you'd think. Um, So, overall, the Cardinals are in a good spot, not a great spot. But as we remember in 2018, if you don't, I'm going to tell you right now. The Raiders and 49ers won a couple games late that year to catapult the Cardinals up to number one. So, Crazier things have happened because they've happened to the Cardinals already. Alex Lancey, Locked on Cardinals. I will talk to you tomorrow, crossover Thursday with Lauren Cox.